we're brothers. We're happy and we're singing and we're colored. Give me a high five. All right, cut and print. Beautiful guys. Dynamite. Yo, 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 Nashville, Nashville, man. New week, guys, new episode, man. Episode 142, 142 episodes, 142 weeks straight. We are the Black Man Victory Podcast, guys, the only podcast that gives you a radio show feeling with a podcast undertone, man. Let's get into today's episode. My name is Jonathan Davis. I go by Joomba. Nashville, my name is Leon Davis Jr. I go by L Dog and Man. Today is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Now, are you glad to be alive? And if you are, man, do something positive, man. Do something good for the neighborhood, man. Do something that will continue to grow your legacy as being a positive person on this planet, man. Because we all want to leave a lasting impression, man. So that's why. We have now done 142 episodes because we want to leave a lasting legacy, making it known, man, that we tried to do what we could about the mental health situation. And also trying to uplift our people, man, the best we can, man. You know, everybody has to contribute in some type of way. So this is our contribution, man, back to our community, but also our contribution is trying to make mental health not be such a taboo subject. And on another note, Hey, man, it was a little cloudy this morning, man, but the, the, the weather man said it's going to be sunny. Now, I don't know. They miss it a lot, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's all a gamma fan duel, you know, stuff like that. But at the end of the day, man, he said it was going to be sunny. So I'm going to take his word for it. So when he said it was going to be sunny, I'm going to tell you it's another sunny thing. This episode we got today, it's sunny, dude, because when you hear this guy that we have today, it's going to make you probably smile on the inside when you just hear him speak. I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah, man, a great one we got for today, man. That is Pops and our Black Men V2 Ratchet Weather Report. Uh, beautiful day it is outside today. Started off a little muggy, but the sun has broke out. As Pops said, man, find something positive to do today. One positive thing you can do is listen to the twist that we got in today's episode, man. We got a twist. We've done this twist a few times. So if you rock with us, how you been rocking with us, then you will enjoy the, twi the twist for today. Shout out to our guest, by far one of the most infamous principals that has ever graced Metro Nashville Public Schools. If you are a graduate of East or any of the schools that he's affiliated with or has been affiliated with, you're going to love today's episode, man. And you're definitely going to love this episode as soon as you hear his voice. <laughs> so again, tap into today's episode, man. It's a good one, guys. Right after this quick, quick break, we're going to dive right into today's unique episode. Nashville, have you heard a black man vent today? All right, guys, man, just like that, we're back, we're back. Nashville. I am excited about today's episode. Nashville, y'all don't know what we got. Pops, they yeah. don't know what we got. Yeah, they man. don't know what they, we got. One thing they got to know, man, if they follow up, followed us for any period of time, they got to know we always got a twist. 
Yes. So we got another twist for you today. Yes. And I'll let Jonathan explain it because he knows more about the twist than I do. But I'm appreciative of the twist. Yes. The twist that we've thrown in today's episode, guys, you know us. If you followed us regularly, then you know we've done this. This is our fourth twist. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is our fourth time <laughs> with the twist in our episode. Mm -hmm. um, we had our good friend, Mr. Will Acuff. Yeah. We had Coach Ronnie Anders, yeah. which... Need I remind you guys, Coach uh, Ron's episode last year in 2023 was the most streamed episode by 314%. Mm -hmm. um, 314% more than any other episode shout in 2023. So shout, shout out to Coach, Coach Ron, Ron if he's man. listening. Yeah. But um, Will Acuff, Coach Ron, we also had my good friend, Mr. Um, his name is on the tip of my tongue. He wrote the book. Casey, Hell, Casey Maxwell, yeah, and Casey yeah, Maxwell. Yeah. So those are the three um, white brothers, if you will, that we had on our show, and they talked about mental health. They talked about in their way how mm -hmm. they view mental health as white men, and we were able to have that dialogue, not looking at color, but also just understanding how important mental health is across our spectrum. Yeah, and we had one more guy also. His wife works at Channel Four. Um, what's his name? He's the Kappa, oh, Austin. Austin, Austin yeah. yeah. Austin, Austin Bragdon as well. Yeah, Austin yeah, Bragdon as well. Yes, yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. So yeah. said all that to say, guys, we like putting twists yes, in sir. our content. Yes. And I'm loving today's episode, man. I'm grinning from ear to ear because I'm super excited to have the former principal of East Nashville Magnet High School, the middle school, all the schools. If you're from Nashville, you cannot no Nashville Metro Public Schools without knowing Mr. Steve Ball. My friend, how you doing? I am good. Wow, I feel like if I'm the twist, I should have Chubby Checker on here. To <laughs> hey, Mr. Ball, now you dating yourself, man, because you know he don't know nothing about Chubby Checker. I know. You know, we can teach him a little bit along the way. <laughs> no, it's great to be with you guys. Thanks for asking. Yeah, yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir, man. We're, we're so glad to have you, man. Um, Again, to anybody that's East faculty or East students that's listening to this, man. We got Mr. Ball. Yeah. When I called him, guys, his voice sounds just like it does on the intercom yeah. every Monday morning at 8 o'clock a.m., man. So I'm excited to have our good friend on the show. And uh, Mr. Ball, man, let's just get right into it, man. Um, You're you're in the, the golden years now, man, the retirement <laughs> life. Let's catch us up, Um, you know, post-school um, post experience, if you will, man. What are you doing with life now? How's the grandbabies? How's the kids, man? How's everything going? Well, I'm certainly living a blessed life. And and uh, uh, my wife and I retired from Metro school. She was a teacher as well in Metro. And um, we decided to move to Florida. And uh, so we live a little about 40 miles north of the mouse in Orlando. We're, mm. um, we're in a retirement community called the Villages, Florida, which is right off the turnpike. And... Uh, it's actually a city. It's so big, but mm -hmm. uh, we've we've uh, found our our forever home here, and uh, we're close enough to come back to Tennessee and visit kids and grandkids. And yes. we have grandkids in Chattanooga, and we have them in Michigan. So, um, yeah, traveling is definitely part of our plan. But um, but after being out of the out of the principalship for a little while, I actually was telling your dad I was went to work for a company called BAR, B-A-R-R. -R. Mm -hmm. It's a company that helps kids transition from middle school to high school. Mm -hmm. So I work right now with 10 schools, uh, in, mostly in Kentucky, West Virginia, and Maine, mm -hmm. um, helping them help kids be successful and making that leap from middle school to high school where 
you have to start earning credits and you have to start right. thinking about graduation and mm-hmm. you know that and then you're going through puberty at the same time so it's right a pretty mm-hmm. emotional time as you probably remember and yes, uh, so um i really enjoy the work it it's it's really not full-time work but um i zoom i do zoom calls with schools on a weekly basis and then i go visit them three to four times a year and um but it keeps me keeps my foot in the in the action so to speak so absolutely um, but uh so that's what i've been doing and uh learned how to play golf oh Um, man there you go not very good at it but uh, (laughs) uh, pickleball golf uh, i still do a lot of woodworking that was always something i did when i was in tennessee and um so yeah we're staying busy and uh are you Got still a, a big fan of? Are you still a big fan of cheese? I still make some <laughs> cheese. Yeah. I do. I mean, that's amazing that you remember that. Yeah, I um, I still do smoke cheese, and uh, that's my little side hustle down here. So <laughs> I, I keep everybody stocked with smoked cheese, and they're yeah. most appreciative. So yeah, I'm yeah. glad you remembered that. Yes, yeah, sir. <laughs> hey, I like that, man. You say you got your the hustle, and I'm. I'm admiring you, man, because you say you. How long have you been retired now? Oh, we retired in 2021 or 2022, okay. I think. So okay. yeah, it hasn't been long. Yeah, um, two or three years, I think we did. You know, my last three years were during COVID, mm. and um, I had actually moved from East to the central office, and I was mm. working with all the elementary schools. Mm-hmm. during covid and helping them navigate all that and get kids online and virtual teaching and do we go back do we stay home do i homeschool do i this do i that mm-hmm. and um so it was it was real challenging but i enjoyed helping people maneuver that and right. kind of uh, right. navigate what to do and of course everybody had different situations parents work some parents stay at home, but I mean, everything was, every situation was different. So we tried to do what was best for each family. Okay. Okay. But man, that sounds great. And and like I said, uh, early, I was getting ready to allude to the fact that watching you in your retirement years, it seems as though you're on the same track that I want to get on. I'm trying to put myself in a position to retire here pretty soon. And I'm watching people now that have retired and are still active. And I like the fact that you're still active doing other things man so how how has that transition been moving from like being in the school system you know doing your thing every day now you like trying new things and trying the golf game because i want to get into a little golf myself so how has that transition been well you know it's funny you ask that because the church that we attend down here one of their mottos is finish well and you know a lot of people look at retirement as okay i've done work and i'm just going to kind of slide my way towards eternity Mm -hmm. and really your retirement years are the best time to get more active and do some of the things for others and for the community thank you that you couldn't maybe do when you were working all the time so um i would say the biggest change for me was you know uh even though i'm still kind of working a little bit is you know, you wake up each day, how can I make a difference in somebody else's life? How can I wow. help somebody? And um, so, you know, my wife and I have gotten involved in a lot of different groups at church. My wife's involved in the women's ministry there, and I'm involved in the men's ministry. So we try to 
we try to always think of ways to give back. Yeah. Uh, we have a weekly small group from our church that meets at our house and yes. we, oh, um, we go through studies and, yes. and so, you know, retirement, um, it's, it's very difficult to just stop. Yes. And, you know, and say, okay, I'm done working because yeah. there's, as you guys know, a lot of work left to be done. Oh, so, my God. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. And so I always just try to follow the Lord and what he has me do each day. And, um, you know, I'm still working with schools. I still work with some tough situations, but mm -hmm. God gets me through those and, yes. and he helps me with what I do and what I say. And um, so that's my, that's my main goal right now is to, is to make the Lord happy. Man, Mr. Ball, you just don't know how much you helping me with this, man, because, of course, I'm a believer also. And my main thing is when I retire, that's what I want to do. I want to get more active. I'm active in ministry right now, but I want to be more active and do more community works, you know, uh, concerning what we're doing right now. And then we have some other irons in the fire that we're going to try to uh, start sparking up here soon. But that's part of my thing is, is you just said it. If the Lord allows you the time to get to this place in life, then he's not finished with you yet. And there is another chapter in the book, man. So I'm glad to see you in your chapter. And I'm looking forward to getting in my chapter. So how is it when you know you got enough time now to spend with the grandkids? How is that, man? <laughs> well, for me, a lot of my time with grandkids is over Zoom or FaceTime or mm -hmm. that sort of thing. But we also try to make it a point to go up and visit them in person, of course. And um, I do a fun little thing. I have two granddaughters. My oldest son is in Michigan. Mm -hmm. He's actually working in a church up there. And mm -hmm. uh, his two little girls, I don't get to see very much, but mm -hmm. I started doing this thing where I make them little tokens, little mm -hmm. round tokens. Mm -hmm. And I put different things on there like donut with dad or uh, Slurpee with mom or, you know, little things. And then I mm -hmm. send them these tokens and they have a little box I made them and they put the tokens in the box. And then I send my son the money to cover mm -hmm. the cost of the tokens. Uh -huh. But then he takes them out like, you know, he'll say, hey, let's use a token today. And so yeah. they'll go pull a token out of the box. And, and then the deal is they have to take a picture and send it to us when they use one of the tokens. So, oh, uh, man, that's kind of cool, man. Yeah. To yeah. Connect with your grandkids when you're not there all the time is that. And we. We decided a long time ago we weren't going to just buy them toys and toys and toys. We were going to buy them experiences, things that yes. they would remember. And so when we go and see them, you know, we'll take them for a day and we'll do an Olivia day or an Everett day or a Porter day. And we, <laughs> um, we got six grandkids now. So wow. we're really blessed and mm -hmm. um, they're all unique and, and know how to push grandpa's buttons. So, you know, <laughs> that's that's all part of the deal. Yeah. That's amazing, man. That is amazing, Mr. Ball. That is amazing, man. Nashville, Nashville, Nashville. What's up, guys? What's up, man? Peace to the city and peace to the planet. You're listening to the baddest podcast in Nashville. The baddest podcast in Nashville. If you're listening to anything else, we don't mind that. But take some time to listen to the baddest podcast in Nashville. The only podcast that gives you a radio show feeling with a podcast undertone. Y'all know our lingo. Y'all know our spiel. First half of the episode, the first part of our episode, guys, we take a break to get into what we like to call the BMVT 
advertisement break moment, guys. We love to support black businesses, Nashville, small black businesses. We love to support any business that is willing to partner with us as we're willing to partner with them. And let's see who we got on today. Guys, National Love Day is right around the corner. I don't know where you will be. I don't even know where I'm going to be. But I do know that National Love Day is right around the corner. And man, what great way to show your love to your significant other, your boo thing. What other way, man, to show some love than to find a young black woman and support her small black business by way of bakery and goodies and cookies and strawberry chocolate covered straw, all that good stuff. All that good stuff. Man, let's see who we got, man. Shout out to Bree. Shout out to Bree, man. Bree is a family member of ours, so you know, man, we got to hype this advertisement up. Here we go, man. My name is Bree, also known as Breeski Berry Bliss. I have a small business located here in Nashville, Tennessee. I started my business when I was 21 years old. I have been baking for roughly around four years now. I'm most passionate about connecting with my customers and making them smile by trying the treats here that I offer. Hey, man, in our episode description, she has a link where you can go right to the link. Look at all the different goodies that's going on right over at Breesky Berry Bliss, man. She got a lot of stuff going on, guys. A, a Oreo Happy Tray. Um, she has something on her menu called Pretzel Kind of Love. It's a whole bunch of stuff going on. Just a whole bunch of cavities, man, that you can be a part of by listening to the Black Man Vent 2 podcast, guys. You can find Breesky Berry Bliss on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Make sure to pay attention to our episode description to find those social media handles and connect with my cousin, Bree. Man, y'all tap in, guys. Buy some stuff. Buy a whole bunch of stuff. Support small black businesses. Thank you guys for joining the BMVT advertisement break. Let's get back into today's episode. Mr. B, man, I um I naturally wanted to know, um, you know, just how was the transition of leaving different schools during your principalship? How hard was that for you, man? Because I know you connected, you surely connected with us, man, in our class of 2014, man. But I know you had different schools that you were at. And naturally, it's hard, man, to leave anything that you put your heart into, you know. So just how tough was it to make those various transitions as you've gotten into retirement, man? Um, yeah, there, it was hard. Um, before I came to Nashville, I was principal of a, of a middle high school, mm -hmm. middle and high together. I think that's kind of what helped me at East because it was middle and high when I first came there. Mm -hmm. But, um, but my sons were students at the school where I was the principal. So mm -hmm. that was kind of fun. And I got to give my older son his diploma, mm -hmm. missed my two twin boys I didn't get to give them their diplomas but um but that was a great situation where I was and um uh and it was tough but um I think what you do is you of course pray and ask the Lord what what can I do in this new position why are you leading me here mm -hmm. um I came to Nashville I didn't even know where I was going to be the principal mm -hmm. um there were six principal openings when I came and I didn't know 
I didn't know anything about any of the schools other than they needed principals. And yes, so right. Dr. Register was the superintendent. I had worked for him in Chattanooga. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, I've got this middle high school over, you know, uh, on Main Street that mm -hmm. I'd like you to be at. Mm -hmm. So I said, go, you know, let's go. So, mm -hmm. um, but, you know, every time you start a new position, you meet new people and you meet new students. Mm -hmm. and, um, I always, I always felt and knew that the teachers and the students were really the most important thing. Um, if you want to get right down to it, your secretary and your custodian are the most important people in the mm -hmm. building. But, um, mm -hmm. you know, I just always tried to treat you kids the way I would want a, I would want to be treated and the way I would want my own kids to be treated. And that served me well for 38 years. I was wow. principal for 28. And I think I taught for seven and then I was at central office for three. So, mm -hmm. you know, 30, 28 years as a principal, um, it went by very fast. Mm -hmm. I, I blinked and it was over, but, um, <laughs> mm -hmm. but, um, but I really enjoyed I just enjoyed the daily interactions with you, with you guys. And, mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, my wife says I should write a book about all the stories that I have mm. from being a principal, but I think I'd probably offend somebody, but you know, it's, <laughs> yeah. but the, but the, <laughs> cause I'd have to change the names to protect the, <laughs> right. but, but, you know, just when I think I'd seen it all, yeah. something else would happen and i went through a lot in my career i saw went through an earthquake i went through fire mm -hmm. in a school i had a teacher pass away during the school day one wow. year when i was a principal um mm -hmm. students shot students killed mm -hmm. uh, a lot of trauma like that mm -hmm. um but i just i enjoyed the work i enjoyed mm -hmm making a difference for kids. And I, you know, as long as you kids told me I was making a difference, I always said, if, as soon as I, as soon as the kids tell me I need to go, that's usually when I should go. But <laughs> fortunately, I never got into that situation. And, mm -hmm. and, um, but boy, you guys poured more into me than I ever poured into you. You just don't know it. And yes, that's, the, that's the wonderful part about being a principal. Yes, there are headaches and there are things that go on. Mm -hmm. and to watch you guys graduate to watch you grow from ninth graders to 12th graders mm -hmm. that's just so rewarding mm -hmm. and, uh, mm -hmm. you know i still one of the real blessings that i have and you're an example of this jonathan is i still keep in touch with a lot of the students that i had mm -hmm. throughout mm -hmm. the years and i am probably don't take this personally but i'm probably closest to the group that i had my first year of teaching back in 1983 mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. those kids are 50 years old now and yes they still yeah. keep in touch with them but all the east kids all the chattanooga kids i still um i relish those relationships i really do so that's good, man that, that, that's the ball that is a blessing man it just attributes to the fact that if you're faithful in what you do, God is faithful to keep you doing what you do. Absolutely. And he's faithful in it. So what let me ask you this, Mr. Ball. You 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 seem like a person that has been a and I know this because sometimes I get this. When people encounter you, they think you've been a Christian your whole life. They just cannot fathom you being anything else but a Christian. So 
Tell me about some of them pre-Christian years or were there pre-Christian years? <laughs> and if there wasn't, then tell me about how your, how, what did you get, you know, how were you influenced into this faith wall? So um, before I became a Christian, I think I was a pretty good guy, but I can look back at some of the things when I, when I early on in my career, when I was a teacher and I, I really thought I was all this in a, in a load of junk. You know, mm -hmm. I, I, I was, um, I, I teased kids when mm -hmm. I was a teacher. I, um, I, the one that always stands out in my mind was I had a, a student in my class one year when I first started teaching and he came in the door and he had a Mohawk, mm. brand new Mohawk. And he sat down and I looked up and saw it. And I said under my breath to the class, oh, that reminds me, I've got to cut my grass this weekend. <laughs> and the kids went, you know, and then, and then one of the kids, and then as soon as I said it, I wish I could have grabbed it and put it Yeah, right brought it back, yeah. And I, one of the kids came up to me afterwards and said, Mr. Ball, uh, you don't know this, but the reason he has that haircut is because his dad told him if he did something he wasn't supposed to do, his dad was going to give him a mohawk and make him live with that for a while. Wow. And so he was not doing it out of choice. Mm -hmm. And so I, oh, I felt so bad. And so I went and found him and we met, we made up and we, we ended up being okay. But mm -hmm. that, that really taught me the power of words, wow. the power of, being a teacher, being an educator and saying something to a kid, he'll never forget that for the rest of his life. Mm -hmm. And in my heart, I really didn't mean anything by it other than to make a joke, but I learned really quickly that you can't do that. Yes. Um, and so, you know, I was kind of a smart aleck um, <laughs> before I found the Lord. But what I found uh, after I became a Christian, I really started doing everything for him rather than for me. Mm -hmm. And so when I had success, that was to honor the Lord. That wasn't yes. to honor me, that was to honor him. Yes. And I always looked at that and I always wanted others to have the glory, so to speak. Yeah. And I really relished sitting in the back and watching kids be successful. And I wasn't standing over them or standing mm -hmm. anywhere near them. Maybe I was behind them but they knew I was behind them to support them, not mm -hmm. to like micromanage them. Yes. And I can remember, Jonathan, what I remember most about you as a student was when there would be something that was controversial, we'll say in the school or something a, a group of kids wanted to do, and maybe you were in that group mm -hmm. and, and they would come to me and it would be so disorganized and so off the wall that I had to say no, because I had to look at all angles of it. And you would always come to me and say, Hey, Mr. Ball, what, what, what would we have to do to make this happen? Like you always saw the solution to it. You, you didn't spend your energy getting mad about it. Mm -hmm. You would come to me and, and like a, like a real mature young man say, okay, what is it about it that you don't like? And I would tell you, and you'd say, okay, mm -hmm. what can we do differently to fix that? And I'd say, mm -hmm. well, you could do this and this. And you would, i never forget, because you would say, I got you. And you would walk <laughs> out the door and you would go and talk to those kids and say, look, it's not that Mr. Ball doesn't want you to do this. 
he wants it to be successful. So we need to change it, you know, X, Y, Z. Especially when you were a senior, I remember having mm-hmm. several conversations <laughs> with you about that. Because yeah. it's hard being a leader when you got kids coming at you with all these crazy ideas that someone's going to get hurt, Some it's too dangerous. Mm-hmm. You know in your heart of hearts that it's not going to fly, but they bring it to you anyway. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I like senior week and that kind of stuff. I love that kind of stuff, but mm-hmm. I wanted it to be organized and not in a way that was going to damage the school or insult the teacher or, you know, and, and so there were classes like yours that pulled that together. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and I would get flack from some of the teachers about like senior pranks and stuff. Mm-hmm. What most of them don't know in my career, I'll bet you out of all the senior pranks that were done, I was in on probably three fourths of them. <laughs> <laughs> like I knew, I knew what was going to yeah. happen. Right. <laughs> I mean, it was going to be something easy to clean up. Didn't you guys do the balloons or something? We did. Yeah, we did. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> we did. That is so. Yeah. That is so harmless. Yeah. You know? And I had yeah. teachers like, oh, you know, they're going to fill the hallways with balloons. And I said, so? Yeah. I mean, if that's the worst thing that happens, yeah. you guys are lucky. I mean, I can remember hearing from principals where they had trees cut down and, wow. you know, cars put on the roof and all this kind of wow. stuff. Wow. Yeah. I mean, really crazy stuff. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I, and most of the time, too, I would get the SRO, the school resource officer, and I'd say, Go talk to them and tell them what they can get away with. And I know one year you get you remember um, forget his name, but he was the big, the big tall, taller than me, mm. big uh, SRO. He mm. actually came and sat at the school the night they did the prank and made sure nobody got in trouble. Oh wow! So, wow! Yeah, man, that's cool, Mister Ball. And you know, what? I'm just sitting here listening to you, man, and and I think there's something that older people that are still in leadership have to understand is that you have to work with the people that you're giving leadership to. You have to work with them. And sometimes people take the dictatorship role and that's when they can never get anything accomplished. You wonder why people don't want to do things and don't want to, you know, work with them on projects or whatever, because you've taken a role that's not conducive to us being successful, really. So, man, I applaud you for that, Mr. Bob. That's probably one of the attributes has helped you to be so successful because you said 38 years in the educational field and being principals and all that, that's almost unheard of these days. You know what I'm saying? To be that's why I don't have any hair. <laughs> 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 but you know, um, you know, another thing I'll say really quick is that um, early on in my career, when I was an assistant principal, wasn't a principal yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were grooming me to be a principal. And this was actually in California. This wasn't even in Tennessee. Is when I, when I was born and raised in California. Hmm. Um, I actually worked my first two years as an assistant principal for a principal who taught me everything about how not to be a principal. Wow. And I worked for that person for two years. And everybody told me when I got that job, they said, you are crazy. She is going to run you into the ground. Blah, blah, blah. So I, I looked at it as, like I said, I'll learn how not to be a principal. Mm-hmm. So then I left that position and I went to another assistant principal position where I worked for the guy who taught me everything about how to be a, a good principal. And I tried to emulate him my whole career. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can point to 
a lot of things that I did in my career that I did because I saw him do it and I saw him do it with humility yeah. and with compassion and love for the yeah. kids, yeah. but still maintained a standard that, you know, the kids appreciated. Wow. Um, wow. Kids want boundaries. They want to know what's that boundary mm -hmm. that I can work within but I can't cross. Mm -hmm. and as long as you're clear with that boundary and you give kids the flexibility within that to do things, I, it that never failed me. I, you mm -hmm. know, Jonathan can remember, I'd start every year off. Here's the way we run school. Here's the way mm -hmm. we do things. Mm -hmm. Here's, you know, we don't do this. We don't do that. But when we don't do this, then we get to do this. Mm -hmm. and, you know, right. Try to turn it into something that, you know, the kids um, could understand. And I, you remember the three A's? Uh, oh man, it's got to be attitude, achievement, and achievement. And yeah. yeah, that's it. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. yes, yes, yes. So I, for years, I used that attitude, yep. achievement. He did. Right? Yeah. And I used to tell the kids, it's a three-legged stool: mm -hmm. attitude, attendance, and achievement. If you pull one of those legs off the stool, you're probably going to have problems. Mm -hmm. If you go to class every day. And you do your work, but you got a crummy attitude. Mm -hmm. That's no good. Mm -hmm. If you've got a great attitude and you get good grades, but you never come to school, that's mm -hmm. not good. So mm -hmm. it's pretty easy to understand. I and mean, most kids related to it pretty well, but mm -hmm. that was my mantra, you know, for mm -hmm. years was if you can do those three things really well, I'll place odds that you'll be very successful. And I think it applies to today too, in terms of the workforce and, you know, right. You gotta go to work you gotta try the best you can mm -hmm. and rewards come out of that so. man i like that i just wrote that down mr ball so that's gonna carry <laughs> that's gonna carry some more man yes sir mr ball man let's get into a commercial break our audience knows man we do a commercial in between segments and we'll get right back into this episode guys i'm excited again yeah, to man. have our former principal my former principal Great. mr steve ball right after this commercial break we'll get right right back into it this is the black men vent 2 podcast nashville what's up guys what's up man peace to the city and peace to the planet Hope you guys are enjoying today's episode. If you follow our platform, then right in between the first and second half, we get a commercial break in, guys. Our segment titled The BMVT Commercial Break Moment, where we highlight or showcase different things that's going on in our world, something related to mental health, just anything that we can put in our commercial to enhance our listenership and show some support all behind mental health, man. Let's see what we got cooking up for today's BMVT commercial break. Guys, if you've been paying attention to everything that's going on in our world, there's so much going on, but did you know that there is a shortage in type 2 diabetes medication? Yes, guys, Trulicity, other weight loss supplements and weight loss medications, they have become a nationwide shortage all due to others that are buying these medications at a rapid rate to try and to try and lose weight guys it's, it's really really an interesting thing because it is not giving our nation and the people of our nation the proper medicine that they need to handle weight loss situations as well as type 2 diabetes guys if you haven't heard about this recent wave that's been going on, this recent shortage, check out 
this quick small excerpt from 60 minutes a youtube excerpt right from the 60 minutes news channel that talks more about this shortage but also highlights how maybe you can help a family or friend in need of weight loss medication or type 2 diabetes medication this is important guys let's check it out Sixty Minutes Overtime. This week on Sixty Minutes, we report on popular FDA-approved medications that can help people dramatically lose weight. Dr. Fatima Cody Stanford, an obesity doctor at Mass General Hospital, told us a shortage of the drugs Wagovi and Ozempic has presented a challenge for her patients. These new medications are very popular in Hollywood. People in Hollywood can afford these yeah. expensive injections, and they're taking them. Right. And they're not necessarily people with obesity. So I really think that's actually sad, particularly for those that don't struggle with their weight at all. Right. We have a national shortage on these medications, which means that my patients with obesity are having a hard time getting these medications. If those that have the means are able to get them, yet the people that really need them are unable to, then that creates a greater disparity, right? Right. I would rather those medications go to those that need them than those that don't need them, that don't struggle with their weight, that are doing this for vanity reasons. There's been a supply chain issue that's been going on for quite some time. And for several patients that have the insurance status to start these medications, I can't because there's just not enough drug available. We reached out to Novo Nordisk, the maker of Wagovi and the diabetes drug Ozempic, who told us high demand and supply chain issues have caused shortages of the lower dosage Ozempic, while all strengths of Wagovi are on track to be available in pharmacies early this year. All right, man, we're back. We're back, guys. Yes, Hope sir. you guys enjoyed the commercial, man. If you're just not joining us, we say this all the time. Yeah. Something is wrong. Yeah, Something is wrong doing? if you're just not joining what us. You we have our good friend, my good friend, Mr. Steve Ball, that is with us on the Black Men Ventu podcast. Mm -hmm. He has been a part of the metro school system, the teaching system, the educating system for 38 years. Yes, yes. Um, man, that's half a lifetime, if Great you will, for some people. So, yes. guys, we are excited to have Mr. Ball with us. Let's get into the conversation, man. Our audience knows um, this second half, we get serious. We talk about mental health. Um, how, you know, our guests have overcome mm -hmm. mental health struggles and things of that nature. And Mr. Ball has done a lot in his life. So, Mr. Ball, what would you like to vent about today on Black Men Vent 2? Well, for, again, I appreciate the opportunity to be with you guys. It's Thank been you, a sir. really great experience. Thank and, you, uh, the, um I, I think the thing that I would most like to share with your audience is that um, as you're going through life and as you are encountering things, always make sure that you have someone that you can lean on, someone that you um, might consider your best friend. It might just be somebody who talks to you straight and may not be all the time what you want to hear, but somebody that you know you can confide in and you can talk to and, mm -hmm. and bounce ideas off of. And mm -hmm. I think if everybody 
Um, everybody wants to belong to something. Yeah. And I always tried yeah. to keep that in mind as a school principal that, you know, I, I wanted to, I wanted to try to make sure every student in my school was connected to the school in some way, shape or form, whether that was a club, a sport, an activity, um, because that's what keeps a lot of kids out of trouble um, is that connection and it, and making it a positive connection. And there's so much being thrown at all of us, not just kids. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I was going through school and um, and you were the, I mean, social media wasn't what it is today. Mm-hmm. Um, Right. I can remember, I'm old enough to remember when email came out. I mean, you know, <laughs> yes. it's just, uh, yes. not something I brag about all the time, but it's, uh, <laughs> but I remember those days and I can remember myself being in high school. We didn't have social media. We, mm-hmm. we picked up the phone and called somebody. That's right. Um, yeah. But I think, you know, um, having someone to talk to and also creating some, some kind of balance in your life, you know, you're, your career is not your life. It's Thank part you. of your life, but yes. it's not your life. And I think you can devote um, what may appear to some people your whole life to a career, but still maintain a balance. You know, my, my wife and I would, um, sometimes we would carpool when we were working together and we would spend the time driving home talking about our day. But once we got home, we didn't talk about work. We didn't yes. talk about that kind of stuff. And I mm-hmm. think uh, especially men from what I've seen have a habit of bringing work home with them mm-hmm. and taking the frustrations of that um, into your home. And I would caution you to get rid of all that in the car or however you get to and from work and just make a decision to to park that and not bring it into your house. Mm-hmm. Um the other thing, too, is if you're in a position where you can share part of your career with your family, that that can be very powerful, too. Some of the best memories I have with my own children were taking them to football games and basketball games and and making them part of the faculty almost because, mm-hmm. you know, and, and students would get to know them and they get to know the students. And I think it really did a, a a service to them in in growing up because they saw what high school kids were like. They saw what junior high kids were like. And, um, and I just think it made them a little more well-rounded. The other thing I would say in terms of, of really taking care of yourself and your mental health is, is do something active, Mm -hmm. Um, whether it's walking or just, you know, playing a sport or something. Um, Get yourself out there and and get yourself active. I think that does a lot to clear your mind and to to help you too. Um, But I, you know, I, I, I worry about, I shouldn't say I worry about, I pray for students and families today because it is different. And a lot of people, both parents have to work to make ends meet. And a lot of the things that maybe some people take for granted don't happen for everybody. Right. And um, and that that was always on my mind as a principal, too. It was like, you know, well, if we do a senior trip and it's eight hundred dollars a person, mm-hmm. who's really going to be able to come up with eight hundred dollars to right. go on a senior mm-hmm. trip? As opposed to if we went to an amusement park and it costs with the bus 40 bucks, mm-hmm. I think that's much more doable for everybody rather right. than have 10 kids get to go because they can come up with eight hundred dollars. So, right. Right. Um, but 
you know, enjoy life, enjoy work hard. Um, you know, things, things happen to those who, uh, who work hard and, and believe in themselves and believe in others. And to my point earlier, you know, get involved, get active in something and, and uh, contribute to society because it will come back to you tenfold. Yes, right? sir. Right. Yes. Sir. Um, you know, I, every day on social media, the only thing I ever really post on social media is what I call the morning devotion. Mm-hmm. And if you follow me on Facebook or, or Twitter or X or whatever they call it now, <laughs> um, I do I, every morning. I, I read about four or five different devotions and I pull something out of one of those devotions. Usually it's a sentence or two. And I posted online and I never really understood the impact of that until one day I missed it and didn't do it. And boy, did I hear from like, where's the morning devotion? Are you okay? What's going on? (laughs) So so that said to me, you know, that's something positive in people's lives. And Mm -hmm. lately I've been posting prayers online. I just don't get into the negativity online. I'm not going to do politics. I'm not, I don't, I, well, there's obviously a lot of that and plenty of it if that's what you're looking for. But mm-hmm. you know, if, if it can make somebody feel good or, or it's it's a laugh or something silly that happened, you know, to me and I can share it, then um but um but that's I think important. Man, man, I tell you what, Mr. Ball, you know, when I listen to you, I could tell you've gained a lot of wisdom from your years. And you were able to um, apply that wisdom to your life. And that is a true blessing, man. So I'm just sitting here thinking, because we, you know, what we try to do, we always trying to find the root to the thing. So tell me about your mother and father, if you if you care to do that. Okay. Uh, both of them are, are deceased now. They're not living. But my, uh, uh, I grew up, our family owned a dairy business. We didn't have a farm with cows or anything, but we had a dairy business that was started by my great grandfather and mm. um we pasteurized milk bottled the milk we had home delivery service in southern california so i grew up around the dairy mm-hmm. and uh, my dad was pretty successful as a dairy executive my mom uh she did a lot of volunteer work it's probably where i learned the most about the power of being a volunteer we called her a professional volunteer <laughs> um and uh my dad died suddenly when I was 30. He was wow. only 57. Wow. And um, and so that really hit me between the eyes because mm-hmm. we did have family heart history in our um, family and, and people had had heart attacks and had died of heart disease. And so when he died at 57, I was like, wow, okay, I got to watch this. Mm-hmm. And then uh, my mm-hmm. mom, uh, she lived a few years after that and uh, got cancer and died of cancer, but um, but my parents were uh, really great role models for me. Um, I caused a real ruckus in my family when I did not go into the dairy business. When I went into <laughs> when I went into education, I was the first male to divert from the dairy business and go wow. into something else, and it was not popular. Wow! Um, and uh, a quick story about that when my my dad, uh, after I became a teacher and then I became a principal, mm-hmm. um, my dad asked me to do a presentation one time at a service club that he belonged to. And so I went and did the presentation. And when we were done, we were putting stuff in my car 
and I had poster boards and all this kind of stuff, you know, for a presentation. Mm -hmm. And when I put all the stuff in the car, my dad said, um, you know, I never really understood what you did until today. And I just want to let you know, I'm proud of you. Wow. And that was the last thing he said to me. He died the next day. Oh man. Really? Wow. So that was the last thing my dad said to me. Um, and wow. that, so that stuck with me, you know, because for a long time, I didn't think he really was proud of me because I didn't go into the dairy business and follow mm -hmm. everybody else. But, um, so that was, that was very meaningful to me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I tell that story because, you know, you, you may think your parents aren't proud of you or whatever they are. They just sometimes don't know how to express it. And, mm -hmm. uh, but, uh, but my mom, when, when I told my mom that, uh, she said, you know, your dad's always been proud of you. He just has a hard time showing it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I said, I said, yeah, he, <laughs> but, uh, grew up in a pretty stable home. Um, uh, I had to work. I mean, mm -hmm. it was expected that you worked, so mm -hmm. nothing was given to me. Um, we, you know, we had to work for the things that we wanted. And, um, and so, um, I, I, I look back at that now and, and I think that's a blessing. I'm glad stuff wasn't just given to me yes. um, because I think you value it more. You know, if I wanted to go on a trip, like a senior trip or something, I had to come up with half the money or mm -hmm. it didn't go. Mm -hmm. And so, and I, so I, I understand, you know, when you got skin in the game, it's, it's a little different. Yeah. 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 Nashville, Nashville. What's up guys? What's up, man? Peace to the city and peace to the planet. You're listening to the baddest podcast in Nashville. The only podcast that gives you a radio show feeling with a podcast undertone. Hope you guys are enjoying today's episode. If you follow our platform regularly, then you know, in the second half, we take a quick break to talk about and get into our segment titled BMVT Black News Weekly. What does that mean for our new followers and our new listeners? Our Black News Weekly segment is to showcase or highlight events going on in Nashville that may or may not be cultural, but events that you and your family can be a part of, man. Let's check it out. Let's see what Nashville has going on for you to be a part of. Man, shout out to the Nashville Black Market, our good friends over there at the Nashville Black Market, as well as the Nashville Predators, guys. Man, cool thing that they're doing over there at Bridgestone Arena, teaming up with the Nashville Black Market, guys. They have partnered together to provide for Black History Month what they're calling the Nashville Predators All Black History Month. And what they're doing is having each game in February in some shape, form, or fashion be impacted by small black-owned businesses in Nashville, man. It kicks off tonight, guys. It kicks off tonight as high school bands, local high school bands, will be taking over Bridgestone Arena Plaza for the Battle of the Bands presented by Nissan. Man, this is super cool, guys. Man, come celebrate Black History Month. Grab your tickets for these highlighted games below. Those highlighted games being tonight against the LA Kings, February the 10th against the Arizona Coyotes, February the 13th against the New Jersey Devils, February 15th against the Dallas Stars, February the 27th against the Ottawa Senators, and February the 29th 
against the Minnesota Wild. All of these games are home games. Guys, if you're fans of the Predators, man, show some love in Black History Month by supporting our Predators and the Nashville Black Market. That is our BMVT Black News Weekly segment. Let's get back into today's episode. Mr. B, man, um, one one more question I got for you, man, as we get ready to wrap up. But I love asking uh, married couples this question, man. There has been a decline, if you will, in the percentage of marriages in my generation. So I would love to know, um, when you met your wife, how did you know? Just how did you know? And then secondly, <laughs> um, how has it been, man, to to just kind of like her a little bit for for these last few years that you've been with her the, the marriage life in general man so how how is it how what's your encouraging words man for those man in my generation that's aspiring to 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 meet longevity in a love life so to speak I, I maybe I better go get her and bring her in here and- <laughs> <laughs> um, well I'm on my second marriage. Mm-hmm. My first marriage did not end well, um, mm-hmm. but I'm happy to say that my ex-wife and I actually get along really well now. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife now is um, Brenda. She's been married before as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we both kind of found each other uh, and we just kind of hit it off mm-hmm. and um, had a lot of the same values. She, uh, one of the first things she did was invite me to go to church with her. So that. Mm-hmm me quite a bit and that's actually the church that we ended up attending wow um we've we've only been married 12 years but um uh it's been a great 12 years and we 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 joke all the time not joke but i mean we say all the time that you know we see somebody that's been married 60 years and we'll go ah we can do 70 we can do 75 (laughs) oh we're gonna do 100 we're gonna (laughs) so uh but i you know it's uh we're all imperfect, right? Mm-hmm. No matter what. And uh, I think if you lean on the Lord and you make him the center of your marriage and, um, yes. and, I'll, and I'll say this, if there's anyone listening to this that does not know the Lord, you need to get to know the Lord. Thank you. Um, that will make a difference in your life mm-hmm. beyond anything that you can even think of, let alone oh, yeah. see. Mm-hmm. And um, so you know, if you have questions about that, you're welcome to reach out to me. I'm not a, pre- a preacher, but I've seen the power of God work yes. in people's lives. And I've seen it work in marriages and I've seen it work um, in people that are really down and out mm-hmm. and struggling or maybe just don't really have a direction. Mm-hmm. Um, that is the best advice, you know, and I couldn't get up on stage and say that at school, but it was in my heart and mm-hmm. I think a lot of kids knew that's where I was coming from. And, mm-hmm. uh, but, uh, but I think, I think that's just so powerful to make that a part of in the yes, centerpiece Lord. of your marriage. So yes, Lord, I agree with you um, 10% Mr. Ball. Well, Mr. Ball, I wanted to ask you this since this is a mental health podcast and um, you've alluded to some things earlier in the second segment about some mental health things, but I want to ask you this uh, from a, former person that was in our school system, what is it going to take for us to understand that mental health is something that needs to be addressed more aggressively than it is now in our school system? Um, 
Well, there's a number of factors, but I think I think the one thing I would say is, and, and I would say this to anyone who's in the education field, because I, I firmly believe this after 38 years, and I believed it when I was in the system. School is all about relationships. Though mm. so you, Jonathan knows this, you can't learn from someone that you don't like or that you feel doesn't care about you. So true. And I preach that now in my current position. And I preached it when I was a principal. It You can be the smartest guy on the planet and know your content forward and backward. But if you can't relate to young people, you're, you're another textbook standing up in front of them. Mm. And, mm. and, and so the relationships include the ups and the downs. Mm -hmm. It includes when a, when a student walks in your classroom and they're angry, mm -hmm. but you don't know why, mm -hmm. but the fact that, you know, they're angry, mm -hmm. you have some things you can do for that student. Mm -hmm. Like make sure you don't pick on them that day. Make sure mm -hmm. that you listen to them. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things I used to do when I would, have a kid upset in my school i would just walk around them and put my arm around them not squeeze them not like hug them mm -hmm. but just put my arm around them and walk down the hall and just keep talking and just try to get them to calm down and people would say well that's easy because you're six foot six <laughs> i mean i saw people do that that were much smaller than me mm -hmm. that, um you know jonathan we can remember some teachers at east that were tiny tiny little ladies who used to be able to do that with kids mm -hmm. that were ready to punch a wall out. So, mm, right. um, but to answer your question about what can we do to help address mental health? I think the resources that are available, uh, if you're in a mental health resource, if you're mm. in a agency that provides mental health, let the schools know that you're available. Yeah. Let them know that you're willing to work with them um, because sometimes that, it becomes a like, well, I thought you were going to contact me. And then they'd say, well, mm -hmm. we thought you were going to contact us. Mm -hmm. And the next thing you know, nobody's contacted anybody. Right. And we've got kids in crisis. So yes. Um, yes. I always tried to have a little Rolodex, so to speak, of people I could call if I had a, a student that maybe was suicidal or somebody mm -hmm. that was just, I don't want to go home. Mm -hmm. I don't want right. to, you know. Um, and uh, so I think you have to be, as a teacher, yes, you're there to deliver content and you're there to teach kids. But if you really want them to learn the content, get to know them. Yes. Get to know them on a, an appropriate personal level. Um, you don't have to quiz them. You just talk to them, do things in class that help kids open up and, and talk to you. And then mm -hmm. you have to do the same thing. Like you mm -hmm. can't just say, well, tell me about your life. And then, you're not willing to pour into them. Exactly. You just want them pouring into you. And exactly. That, kids read right through that. Yes. But, um, but it's so important. And I'm so glad you guys are doing this podcast and addressing it because coming out of COVID, we we've had a lot of, we've had a lot of schools use it as a jumping point mm -hmm. to keep moving forward. And we've also had a lot of schools use it as a crutch. Yes. And I think there's a happy medium in between mm -hmm. where we don't have to be all rosy, you know, posy with with kids. But at the mm -hmm. same time, I think that if we can get back into some kind of a normalcy pattern and not, yes. you know, use it as an excuse or whatever. Yes, there are some folks that had trouble with COVID during that time. We need to respect that. But 
20 years from now, no one wants to be saying, well, you know, if COVID hadn't happened, I wouldn't be like I am today because I mean, that's yes, a lot of time to pass. Yes. And I think some things could happen, you know, that could really help people. So, yes. um, yeah. You yeah. asked me about the dash. Yes. That, oh, was, my, yeah. that was the question yeah, look, I had to get. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We get to the end. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. All <laughs> right. We'll close. We'll close with this one. So yeah. every year when I was a principal, I found a poem, one of my first years as a principal, it's called The Dash. And uh, you can look it up online. It's uh, it's available as a PDF or whatever. But if you've never heard of it, take a minute and look at it because it talks about a man dying and his tombstone had the date of his birth and the date of his death. But in between, there's a dash. Yes. And if you look at any kind of headstone now, most of the time there's a dash there. So the focus of the poem is how do you spend your dash? Mm -hmm. You spend it complaining, uh, causing trouble, or do you use it to bless other people and to be a positive force in the world? And so I read that the first time and I thought, I'm not going to give some crazy graduation speech that none of the they're focused on getting their diplomas. They don't want to hear <laughs> a principal rattle on for 10 minutes. A right. lot of them didn't want to hear me do the poem, but they, right. yeah. <laughs> um, but it became a tradition that I did every year in, in lieu of a speech. And so um, it, it just, I think it, when you read it, it really sums up what I think life is about. And that's that little dash. Yeah. And yeah, you're one dash in the midst of millions, but mm. The three of us have all seen what happens when one person makes a difference in yes, someone else's life. And that's yes, sir. Um, that's really what I think God has intended for us. So yes, I love it. Woo, Mr. I Ball, it. I tell I you what, I'm gonna tell you this right quick before we get off. I know John Depot had one more question, but let me tell you this. The fact that when we came to the school and we as parents got a chance to interact with you, you probably never remember it, but we got a chance to interact with you in some of the school functions, and we always left up with a feeling of safety that our children was going to be safe. So I want to say that to you as a parent. I don't know how many parents felt like this, but I know me and my wife felt like this. And I also had another son that was at, at East High, and he graduated. His name was Joshua Davis. It was Jonathan's younger brother. He graduated. And again, I always felt like Whatever you told us or whatever you, you know, you expressed to us that was going on at East, we could count on it and we could depend on it because we believed in you, man. So I want to thank you for your journey and, and how you uh, impacted my son's life, man, and, and my children, both of them. And I want to thank you also for being on our podcast today. So, again, kudos to Mr. B, man. Kudos to Mr. B. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that means a great deal to me because that. Being safe and feeling safe is definitely a part of a of a school building. So mm -hmm. thank you for that. That that means a lot. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Mr. B, man, we ask every guest this question. This is our final question. But again, man, thank you so much for being on the show. And um, to your family that may be listening, oh, yeah, thank, thank you guys you. for letting us yeah. ball granddad for about an hour yeah. to come talk some stuff with the two <laughs> brothers on the podcast, man. But the final question that we ask, man, we are a mental health-based podcast and a lot of times mental health can be uh, too much for some, if you will. So um, we have someone that we always give the scenario. We have someone, Mr. Ball, that is listening to your story, has heard your successes, how you've overcome different things, but he's still thinking about crashing out. That's the term I use, uh, suicidal ideations. 
he he's like, man, um, I heard everything Mr. Ball said, but I still just don't think my life is worth it. I don't have substance. I don't have a purpose. I don't have a reason. If you were to talk to that young man or young woman, because we we have a, a very gender neutral audience, um, if you were to talk to that young man, that young woman, what would you tell him or her during this time, man, where you would be literally probably the last voice that they hear, but that voice of reason to help them to be better and motivate them to uh, keep on keeping on in life? Okay. Um, I, you know, I'm sitting here listening to you ask that question. And I think the first thing I would say to someone like that is, I'm here for you. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm here physically for you. I don't have all the answers to why you're upset, but I just want you to know I'm here for you and I care about you. And there is so much to this life that we wish wasn't there, but there is an abundance of things in this life that we definitely are, are glad to see. And I, I don't want you to miss those things. And I, um, I, I would just reassure them that I would be with them until they felt like they could really express what was pulling them to that point. I think sometimes we come at people with all the answers to things and how mm. we would do it. I don't know what this person is thinking. I don't know what is in their head and why they're thinking. It may be something we can talk through. It may be something even more serious. Mm -hmm. Just don't leave. Don't, don't cash out, as you yes. said. Mm -hmm. um, there are people and places that can help everyone. Um, sometimes it might take a little bit of time, but knowing that someone is with you at all times, um, you know, I can remember early in my career working with a student that was suicidal and it was just a matter of just staying with him and not letting, even when they came to take him to a facility, Mr. Ball, will you go with me? Yes, I'll go with you. Mm. Um, just that, you know, again, not coming at him with all the answers because mm -hmm. we don't know all the answers, but um, the things that, the things that God can open up in your life when you yeah. turn to him yeah. is just so powerful. And yeah. I, I can't sit here and tell you anything more than a relationship with the Lord is going to make a huge difference in your life. Give it a chance. Talk to him. Talk to a, a minister, a trusted friend who can get you involved in a church and lean on that. Yes. Lean, lean, lean on that. Yes. And you, you just can't go wrong. And, yes. um, and again, I, I really appreciate this opportunity to talk to you guys. I got to talk about things I didn't normally get to talk about when I'm in a school setting, but are so important to me personally and professionally. And, um, I just, I thank you for having me on. And, yeah. uh, yes. I guess I don't know. Chubby checker is probably not around, but <laughs> the twist <laughs> you're the twist hey the twist. i love you both and uh so good to see you again yeah. yes sir you no. know back to your point about you know you don't know whether i remembered you or not you got to remember i had four thousand students to remember right. you had one, one of me to remember. <laughs> <laughs> people come up to me you remember me uh yeah i remember your face <laughs> that's it that's it yeah that's but, it Bless you guys and thank you so much. Thank you, Mr. Ball. Thank you for having. Thank you for being on. Look, one more quick question. Twenty second question. Where do you sing at? What quartet have you been in, man? <laughs>
I've done some voiceover stuff for some commercials and things. And yeah. Jonathan remembers I used to announce the basketball games. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I've kind of retired from that. I, I haven't done any any singing or anything. But yeah, the voice, that's a gift from God. And I, <laughs> yeah, man. I am grateful that I had it. Um, yeah. I my wife teases me all the time, says you can't whisper, so don't even try. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'll lean over to tell her something somewhere real quiet and she'll yeah. just hit me and go, everybody can hear that. <laughs> rumble in the room. So. <laughs> oh, man. Hey man, that was good. That was oh, good. Yeah, don't be in on man. That's good. Thank you, Mr. Ball. Thank you guys right. again, man. Joining the Black Man Vitu podcast. It is what it is. It ain't what it ain't. You can do what you can and you can't with what you can't. Nashville until next week is a wrap. Black man or white man. Don't get trapped. Have a good one. <laughs>